As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, May 3rd. Here we are in the Classic Factory. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. How about those Maple Leafs, eh? Oh, where to go, Austin? Where'd I get in the corner? Uh, we got the international man of mystery. <laughs> Was he Taking in the corner? To the max. Let's go to you first, uh, sure. Lee Ellis. Uh, hey, keep your eyes closed. And we've got our Top Shot Hot Boy over there. Go, J.E., come on. Let's see. Keep you on your toes. Trey Kirby. hey hey uh, last, certainly not least, <laughs> super producer, probably pissed off with me, JD. No, no, it's all good. There it's all is. good. I like to be kept on my toes. Maple Leafs, big win. So what happened? 5-0, as they say. What? Oh, wow, wow. Save some right. for game two, am I right? Yeah. Came right. out strong. Flames tonight, I <laughs> against, assume? Against the... Let's see if you guys know anything about hockey. No. They came out, the Maple Leafs beat the two-time reigning NHL champions. Tampa Bay Lightning. That's right. We did this yesterday yeah, after the show. Way. Yeah, there we go. Anyways, wow. they took, took care of business. Vincent LeCavalier, Martin <laughs> St. Louis. Oui, oui, John Tortorello. Jeez. The Bolts, man. All day. <laughs> Shout out to the stream team. Joining us live right now on YouTube. Uh, hit that little thumbs up video. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Share the show. And uh, comment away in the stream team and below the vid. Email in your NBA questions. We locked it in yesterday. New Beach Steppin' Pod this Friday. There are no playoff games on Thursday night. So it's the perfect time to put our toes in the sand. No NBA playoff games on Thursday. Some sticking pod. Oh, (laughs) jeez. A dipsy, a doodle. When do your Flames play tonight? Oh, yeah, that's right. They might play on Thursday then. I don't know what the schedule I think is. So right? every I second day, Whoa, okay. Sure, late nights in Dallas or uh, Calgary. I guess. <laughs> uh, who knows? Uh, on today's show, what a start to this one. We're going to discuss the uh, Sacramento Kings coaching search. Got some finalists on their list, uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, potential Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell trade ideas. I'm going to throw at you guys. You're not even ready for this, uh, so I'll get your reaction to some of these. You got tweet of the night. Tweets. Oh. 
Great. Oh, baby. And uh, oh, baby. Wait, let me guess. Uh, Magic Johnson has thoughts on the teams in the New York nah. and California area. I'm out. I'm out on Magic now. I think whoever is wow. writing those tweets has decided to just go completely lunacy on those. So I, I, was, I was in for so long what? and now I'm out. It's lost the integrity. It has. <laughs> it has. I don't think these are just coming straight from Magic's uh, no. cerebral cortex. I told you for years they were not Magic Johnson. And you dug in your heels. I, no, it's Magic. It's Magic. And then we learned it wasn't. I think it was him for a while. Someone's he's handed over to the account, and the person has seen those uh, what's going on in social media. Like, all right, now I'm just going to go completely as bonkers as possible. <laughs> all right. Okay. They used to have a bit more, you know, a bit more pizzazz about they them. Really now they really did it. They just what's happened is you're like, wow, this guy continued to tweet like this for years. Uh, anyway, anyway, uh, let's get into the game ones. Uh, we're stalling because they were boring. Uh, honestly, they they you know they turned into sort of both blowouts here, but we'll get into both of them here. Let's start. In the, in the East. Tyler Hero scores 25, Lee, as the Heat take game one over the 76ers, 106 to 92. What what are your takeaways from this one? Tyler Hero is my main takeaway from okay. this because I think we should give flowers to the team that won a convincing game. And Tyler Hero, I think, was important for them off the bench in the first half and then especially in the second half. He finishes the night with 27 points and seven assists, four for six from downtown. And his maturity just continues to amaze me. He, he really understands how to make the right play, make the right pass. He's such a good shooter. He knows defences are going to have to go out and close out on him. But he always understands, listen, if there's two people coming at me, someone's open and he can make the right pass, whether it's inside to uh, Bam or whoever. And the Heat often take advantage of that. So he's fantastic. Bam, I thought, was really, really good in this game as well with his 24 and 12. Other than that, I don't think the Heat were super dominant or impressive. I mean, they didn't shoot all that well. What they finished? Eight, uh, nine for 36 from downtown. I don't think they had another little lapse in the sort of end of the second half and the start of the third quarter there where Philadelphia actually led this game, surprisingly. Yeah. But it felt to me that Philadelphia was pretty much playing to the best of their ability at that point, and they didn't really have another level to go to. They needed to sort of maintain it, whereas the Heat sort of were like, oh, we, this looked like blowout central from like the first two minutes, and then Philadelphia came back, and you thought, okay, Miami's now like, oh, we're actually going to have to just play hard here. And once they put their foot down, Philadelphia didn't really have any counter punch in them. Mm-hmm. Um, James Harden, did, at, at times in the second quarter, was okay, but he just doesn't have the juice. I don't think he's got it anymore at all. I just, mm-hmm. We just haven't seen Houston Rockets, James Harden, where he would just come pedaling up the court, dribble, 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 either step back three or drive inside time and time and time again. Yeah. He does, he does it, it once in a while. And, and, you're and like, it's usually if yeah. Hero was on him last and this, night, not this, Tucker. And this is the situation where he needs to do that, I think, where he's got to be like, I'm getting 25 free throws tonight. He needs to go inside. Anyway, but the other takeaway, of course, is uh, uh, Doc Rivers did go with DeAndre Jordan uh, <laughs> yeah, to start the game. Yeah, yeah he did. And he went with him to start the second half because yeah, uh, the boys in the locker room said, give us, <laughs> <laughs> took a poll, yeah, give us some DJ. So that was a players meeting that turned into getting DeAndre. <laughs> and, and it gets even better for Miami because yeah. after the game, Doc was like, we're starting him in game two. Um, whether don't, you don't like ask it or me not, about it. Yeah. Whether yeah. you like it or not, Tass Mellis, we're starting <laughs> DJ. Yeah. Why such a threat? Yeah. Um, he doesn't want to talk about look, it. Look, to be look, it's Done. easy. It's easy to pile on him right now. It's easy because they do not have a very promising option behind Joel Embiid because Reed gets in foul trouble. He was on the court yeah. for 13 minutes and he had five fouls there last night. Yeah. But he had nine rebounds and he had six, uh, yeah. five offensive rebounds. Yeah. So Reed, he was more productive. Reed, but he's fouling a lot. That's right, and yeah. he's young and he's yeah. energetic and a little bit more athletic. But I, I still would start him ahead of DeAndre Jordan because at least he's not just going to have. Well, he's probably still going to get the lobs thrown over him, as DeAndre did to Bam. 
But or bam over DeAndre there. But I at least think you need someone with a little bit more energy. DeAndre DeAndre Jordan led them in scoring last night for a period there because he scored the first two points. But <laughs> it was also he, a minus twenty two. Yeah, he can't minutes. play. He can't play that many minutes. You yeah. may as well try. Now I said I said why don't you try George Niang? Well, he went zero for seven from downtown. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was bad. But they don't still, have they're better. They're better with Niang on the floor, even if he stunk. Well, they at, are. At least he's a threat to spread yeah. the floor and hit a shot. And maybe it opens it up for Harden. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it opens up for Harden. I just, I don't get it. If we're going to start there, I don't get the DeAndre Jordan, Paul Reed, George Niang. Paul Reed should be playing the DeAndre Jordan minutes. Even if he does foul, DeAndre Jordan isn't playing a lot of minutes and he's just getting hammered. DeAndre Jordan hasn't been. A productive player in several years. Yeah, it's just he 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 used to be an incredible athlete. He used to be able to guard on the perimeter. Now he'll just sag back, and he can't even guard the rim. So what's the point of having him out there? Yeah, I get the mm, he's a roller. He can he's roll not. down. He, do, they don't even, he doesn't even roll. He just he stands in he the had dunker a jam. spot. That's he had it. a jam. He had one jam. He stands in the dunker spot. That's not hard and pass it to him. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not the same. It's not like DeAndre Jordan is generating gravity at the rim. No. But honestly, the Sixers don't have a good choice here. Like, Niang, aside from being brutal shooting, was even worse oh, on the glass, right? Like, that guy's got one of the biggest asses in the game. <laughs> Would it kill you to box out <laughs> oh, yeah. one time? Like, you could either... Yeah. If you're not going to make shots, you got to do something else. Niang doesn't do much else on the court, but... I don't know. I would have. I guess. I guess. Start Paul Reed. Niang is the number two guy. Tybalt. That's it. Ty- that's Ty- all you need. I think. You may as well. Tybalt sucks too. I mean, honestly, they had nobody that they could play last night. Yeah. Niang, Tybalt, Shake Milton, Furkan Korkmaz. One of twelve from three. Yeah, yeah. That's the game. That's the game right yep. there. Yeah. If they're not going to make threes, they have no chance. Yeah, George Niang has been an incredible shooter for them. He had a bad one. Uh, he has been their most reliable three-point shooter. <laughs> and I know last night was terrible, yeah. but his, the defensive numbers were really good when he was out there. They're really, really, really good. The offense kind of stunk. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's not great. I mean, th- we sort of look back at that Nets trade and think Andre Drummond could be in that role a little bit to play some dead minutes at the beginning of the first and third quarter. But at least Paul Reed gets after it on the glass. He gets into foul trouble. He bites on pump fakes, but he had five offensive rebounds, I think, in Mm, this game. And that's the area where the Sixers can't be beat. The the, the Heat just dominated on the offensive rebounding glass. That just can't happen. You can't be out-efforted by a team that you're obviously, you know, lacking in talent up against. So mm-hmm. that that was the problem for me. I I could see the logic in DeAndre Jordan, but ain't it ain't all that logical really. I mean, this is not 2010, Doc. This ain't 2018. This ain't even 2020. He just he's not doing anything out there. So Paul Reed, even if he's going to foul every two and a half minutes like he did last night, I think is more productive uh, than DeAndre Jordan's stints of minus nine, minus three, minus two, minus one, minus seven, minus 22 overall. The offense not good. The defense not good. At least Paul Reed is a capable player out there. And then see what happens with the Niang gang. It opens it up for Maxie as well, who probably needs to handle the ball more because this James Harden experiment is... I know we've lowered the bar all of a sudden. We're watching this guy and, he, and thinking, well, he's playing a good floor game. He's passing the ball all of a sudden. That's not what they gave up this whole package for. Right, right. They wanted him to take over, and that ain't happening. So maybe Maxi just needs to be more of the, the ball handler. Uh, yeah, overall Sixers were garbage last night, if we're being honest. I mean, besides Tobias Harris, I would say. He, he was, was great. He was really good. He was sort of keeping them alive and, and was a big reason they had that lead. But Sixers shot 6 for 34 from deep. Yikes. 
15 turnovers that became 22 points for the Heat going the other way. And outright rebounded, like you said, Tass. 47-37 uh, overall and like 15-9 to on the offensive glass. There were just more shots for the Heat. The 76ers admitted after this game it was a winnable game. Uh, some truth to that, maybe. You know, at least for 28 or 30 minutes. Uh, the Heat always have their stretch in them where they can't score. Mm-hmm. And that happened. And uh, again... You know, they maybe hit a couple more of these threes, and this is a much more interesting game. But uh, without Embiid there, yeah, it, did, uh, it's, it, it's it wasn't rough. really winnable though. I mean, it was 14 points in the end, but it, what that was what three minutes or so of, of garbage time at the end. So mm-hmm. uh, the the Heat, when they decide to raise their game, they can just yeah. clamp down, and uh, and and you, that's when you need you know Niang to, <laughs> Niang shot 40 percent, I think, from the field this season from three. I don't think I've ever seen him hit more than like two in a game. Oh man, you weren't watching the Raptors series then? You <laughs> barely missed one. <laughs> yeah, but he. He, didn't. he just uh, they need they need contributions from guys like him. I mean, Danny Green he lit up the Raptors. Uh, yep. He gave them nothing, but yeah, they couldn't shoot. Yeah, so uh, that's a thing. I mean, the heat the, the heat culture that defense they rotate they swarm when they are locked in on that. There's just no easy shots out there for. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers and again without Embiid certainly for, at least for game two perhaps he comes back for game three but uh, they could be in a, in a deep deep hole by then anyway that's the fascinating part from Doc here it's like okay you you wanted to start DeAndre Jordan for game one he didn't want to sure no it was, uh, it was the players <laughs> yeah. he asked, so, him. He asked yes. the players not, this one was not on Doc <laughs> okay. even weirder so than... weird yeah. that he would even say that in the locker room yeah we took a straw poll uh, we like why animus decision. We want the big roller. We want the big roller. Why wouldn't he put it on himself? Is my yeah. That's yeah, Doc Rivers. Yeah, That's yeah. Why. yeah. I, uh, you just throw it on the players. And then he said, he also said, yeah, it was the players' decision. The main players. He also threw in there. So <laughs> yeah. I guess it's so Jimmy asked, James. Decide, it was yeah. Harden deciding. Yeah, that that's my guy. You make the decision. Yeah. I mean, uh, Paul Reed's a better player. Uh, George Niang. Not a good night, as we've said. But no. he was 12 of 18, looking it up, in that first series, shooting yeah. 66% from three. That was... Silly. Never that was feels like shooter. that. When I, when I watch him, he's always like just <laughs> clanking away. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can knock him down. Like you said, 40% on the year, pretty damn good. And they're going to need him to hit some of these uh, if this is going to be a series. Um, and just like, again, like back to Bam, you know, yeah. Hero, you were right. Hero was really the only one that could shoot three-pointers last yeah. night, too. Because, again, the rest of everybody else on this floor could not hit a three uh, besides him going four or six. But bam, yeah, 8 of 10. Rebounding, like you said, 4 assists, too, in 33 minutes. And it sort of just sucks because I was, well, hopefully we get it in games 3 or 4 here. But, like, I was excited to see the bam versus Embiid. Like, I'd love to see these two guys mm. go at it. And uh, if it's a much more competitive series in, in, that, in theory. But without, I mean, we're talking about DeAndre Jordan. And we're talking about Paul Reed and George Niang. It's like, oh, my God. Like, bam is an all-NBA-like center. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need another one of those to counter it in Embiid. So. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I mean, look. Deadman came on and had three fouls in, what, 30 seconds? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> maybe they can try to exploit the Deadman minutes there uh, in game two <laughs> for Philadelphia. But, you know, Oladipo didn't play all that well last night, but gave him some minutes again, you know, because, you know, with Lowry out, there's a few minutes to get out there. And, and they're he, not going to Duncan Robinson. No, no, they're he, not at he all. Gone. He did not even uh, did not even get in in, in uh, garbage time there last mm-hmm. night. But, uh, th- again, like you can look at those guys like Vincent and Struess who didn't shoot well last night, but you see their contributions just defensively. They're just ready to go. And uh, that's the step that the Sixers just don't have. Mm-hmm. They don't have the intensity on the defensive end to be able to sort of slow down these guys when Miami doesn't shoot all that well. Uh, are there any other positives that the Sixers can take away from Game 1? I, I mean, don't Tobias think so. Harris, we said, was really good, I thought. I thought he was solid. 
I thought he, he played great, great defense too. If I'm being completely honest, he was mashing. He yeah. was seeing a little guard in front of him, and yeah. this was a good playoff performance for Tobias Harris. I don't think there's a lot of positives to take from it though, because as you said, the numbers of the three point line were bad for the Sixers. They're bad for the Heat. Yeah. So the Heat can say, hey, we can hit a couple shots, and this game's a, a real blowout because it was close in the third quarter, and it felt, yeah, like the Sixers were there. Um, but this could have been an easily could have been a blowout, mm-hmm. and, um, and I think it. It feels like it will be. If Doc wants to play DeAndre Durant, they're not going to win those minutes. They're not. How? They went to the zone <laughs> defense. It did have some success against the Heat. Yeah. Because, again, the Heat can go stretches without being able to hit yeah. a shot, which is, I mean, it's true. The That's truth. the only reason this game even looked close to me is that the Heat were a little befuddled by the zone. Yeah. I thought they had 10 turnovers in the first half, one turnover in the second half. You could tell that they figured out the zone. It just took one half of basketball. Bam was started catching the ball as a short roller. Yeah. Sometimes he was in the dunker spot. He was great there. Uh, and now it feels like, okay, well, you played your one card. You have Sixers without Embiid. The zone, it worked for a half, and then the Heat figured it out. They're yeah. going to shoot better. Like, they're not going to be a 25% shooting team from three-point. And if you stick with the zone, open threes will be there. Maybe we'll see Duncan Robinson. Maybe mm. he hits four for six or something like that. So, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's like the Sixers lost for a lot of reasons, DeAndre Jordan included. But mostly it felt to me like they just didn't have a plan. It's like, we, didn't, we don't have Embiid. Well, I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have What are we supposed to do? Mm. Yeah, I felt like Maxi had to take on a little bit more of the scoring. Him and Harden are doing a little bit of one-two pick and roll, but it's got to be more of that because those are the creators. And Tobias, yeah, obviously helped out. But <sighs> Harden only took thirteen shots in total last night. I mean, without DeAndre, uh, without uh, Joel there, I mean, you, uh, he has to have the green light. Well, he does have the green light to go and take twenty-five at least, but he just doesn't seem to want to. Those are old legs. Yeah. Uh, those are old 32.75-year-old like legs. It's so legs. easy to say, and then you put P.J. Tucker on you, and like, good luck. I mean, the guy was like, he's, he was picking him up full court. Yeah, but he's still James Harden. I mean, he's... <laughs> well, he's, not, he's not. He's not that James Harden anymore. I think we have gotten to that conclusion. Well, they one. need him to be in this yeah. series without well, Joel Embiid. Yeah. You I mean. said, a, I, I guess his idea in picking DeAndre Jordan was, we're going to get my guy picked off with DeAndre Jordan and I should have some space but he's choosing to you know fire it around the perimeter and and DeAndre Jordan's guy can just Mm -hmm. hang out there and guard him as well that's why I think five out would make more sense but yeah it's those are old 32 year old hamstrings it's just he's not he's not spunky yeah we saw those high socks dunk in game six of round number one but those it's not happening all and so our bar is definitely lowered when they were talking, as, as the broadcasters were in the first game, well, he's playing a good floor game. Yeah, yeah. But he was, I guess. Uh, he was distributing and, and got some assists, and maybe some shots go down, and the, the assist numbers look better. But yeah, he needed more. He needed more scoring, uh, and so it's weird for me to see James Harden, not even thirty three, but he looks kind of old. Even DeAndre Jordan's looked old since he was you know thirty. He's now thirty three, but DeAndre Jordan used to be an incredible athlete, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, Father Time Block. <laughs> uh, any other random notes from this game? Because I've got one here. Do you guys notice Jessica Rabbit sitting courtside at this game? <laughs> the dress? <laughs> the heat dress? <laughs> what a fascinating dress. She, was she at the wrong event? Wasn't the Met Gala last night? I, I think she timed it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she couldn't make it to the Met Gala. So she had the heat dress on with a bunch of jerseys sort yeah. of sewn in the bottom. Yeah, just yeah. in the bottom. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> that was a cool look. I guess you're going to sit courtside and make it... Uh, Make it a notable outfit that you're gonna wear. You're gonna always get the eyeballs online. Did she uh, get she get Twitter? Uh, I don't know. Recognition didn't seem like. I don't it. know. That's a good point. Uh, and then my only other note. This is how sort of boring this game became. <laughs> you know how they do that Google Pixel ad read thing, and they tell you like, oh, this is one of the most searched searched items in America or something. <laughs> 
Bullshit. The NBA Sixth Man of the Year was one of the most uh, searched <laughs> items last night. <laughs> like, sometimes they come up with something like, okay, I know this is just an ad and you're and you're really pushing mm. it here. But I don't think the NBA Sixth Man of the Year was trending on Google last night. Maybe because it was our Hero fault. We did talk about it the day before. Yeah. We said maybe yeah. Tyler Hero is going to raise the Sixth Man of the Year trophy before Game 1 that, or Game 2. Shocked that either he didn't win Sixth Man yesterday or they at least awarded it to him and or um, Monty Williams didn't get Coach of the Year. Sort of, we have three left to still hand out, and they're at home here. It's just fascinating to me. Why are we Maybe waiting on these? Maybe it's game two. Maybe it's game two. I don't know. Game two. Yeah. But what are they going to do? Both of them on the same quote unquote day here? That's a Maybe. waste. That's it dumb. Is, it does seem a Space bit of a waste. Yeah, yeah, for us, yeah. for the yeah. content guys. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's well, all I have well, on this game. One other thing I noticed on the broadcast Grant Hill calls Philadelphia the Philadelphia Sixers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I haven't heard him called the Philadelphia Sixers. I've heard, obviously, the Sixers, but. Usually it's Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. He Just, leans into Sixers. Yeah. Okay. Philadelphia Sixers, though. That's. Okay. Anything else? Can you talk that? <laughs> okay, we it. are really outdoing each other here. No. Nope. Spiro Didis, uh, the play by play announcer, he called Tobias Harris was on the left side of the rim and drove in and threw it up with his right hand his dominant hand and he called it a reverse it's not a reverse your dominant hand's not a reverse he did go from one side of the rim to the other but you gotta go to your back I'm just trying to clarify what a reverse really? layup is I'm not sure I agree with that well if he went under though yeah. like he didn't he, it's still not a reverse I guess why right? is he it not kind of, yeah you gotta I think it's a like a, your back hand like your uh, your off hand like so the right hand to the left hand I think if you finish on the other side yeah. from where you're coming from it's a reverse that's what I've always thought interesting about it. I'm on mm. Team Spiro on this one yeah but it's just Ooh. like your dominant Greek hand reverse Greek. yeah Greek, like Greek battle cry. here I mean it, it really was he kind of he drove from the left side it wasn't like under the hoop but anyway cool story yeah, uh, yeah it was a rough game Skeets. <laughs> we're was, talking man. Google Pixel trends my internet went out before the start of this game, <laughs> I had to watch this game on my phone. Oh, man. Oh, God. Sling TV? Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> I Sling TV from went... anywhere, man. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Actually, no. Cue my ad read for LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't give me it for free. I don't use it. Uh, there was also a, a moment when they showed, like, um, you know, the most uh, playoff wins, I think, all time in history. And Doc is number two. And uh, Spiro was doing, like, the, the read about it. He's like... Yeah, Doc mentioned to us that he would have a few more playoff wins. Grant, if you hadn't been injured all those years huh. in Orlando, Oof. I was like, <laughs> that's yeah. a pretty rough one to bring up right there. And Grant kind of just skipped right along by. But I was like, that fits into me with Doc Rivers uh, coming out and being like, my entire Orlando Magic roster was trash <laughs> and Grant Hill was hurt. It's not my fault I blew all these leads. <laughs> yeah, he's fourth all time, I think, right? Is yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. what it, yeah. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was active guys, yeah. something like that. Yeah, that probably makes sense. Yeah, because um, yeah, Pop would be above, above him. Yeah. yeah, but I was like, come on, man. You can't be blaming Grant Hill for being injured 20 <laughs> years later. Yeah, The guy blames everybody for everything. Mm. And Isn't said- it obvious? It's obvious, right? Yeah, I don't get. I don't get him saying his roster was bad. It's not. It's not a good look. I don't think. It's so it's so strange. I, I, you know, he's. Yeah. Let's move on. This other game, much more entertaining. No, it was. No, uh, not much more entertaining. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's a little bit more. Uh, DeAndre and Devin Booker, they lead the top-seeded Suns past the Mavs 121 to 114. Trey, you said it's not that entertaining. Uh, you're probably right. It's a dominant victory here from the Suns. It was more entertaining. It was more entertaining because the Mavs were better than the Sixers were. Thanks to Luka Doncic, I got what I wanted from the dunk. A massive game. 45 points, 12 rebounds. 
eight assists, 50% from the field. Got on a lot of Michael Jordan comparison boards last night with regards to playoff points per game, 40-point games this early in his career. Mavs even outshot the Suns from three, and they only turned the ball over eight times. Nice recipe for a win there if you're Dallas, but it didn't matter because they could not get a stop against Phoenix. Another guy we had our eyes on heading into last night was DeAndre Ayton, and he proved Jason Kidd right. He's not Gobert or Whiteside. He can actually do stuff inside. Ayton had 25 points, 8 boards, 12 of 20 from the field. Looked especially dominant, I thought, in the first half. He's a great dinker and dumper, man. Mm-hmm. He's yep. a, the hook shot looks nice. He just never gets rushed inside. Didn't really feel any sort of pressure, it felt like, uh, in the paint there. Booker also went for 23 points and 8 assists. He looked a lot better. And this one, I thought his defense on Jalen Brunson was really solid. You could uh, see the difference from a Donovan Mitchell defense and a Devin Booker defense. Wonder if Rudy Gobert had anything to say <laughs> about that. Chris Paul, he was just chilling. 19 mm. points, 8 assists. Didn't play a ton of minutes because he didn't need to. And I thought Cameron Johnson was really nice off the bench as well. 17 points, kind of shot for shot with Maxi Kleba there. The Suns, they rolled in this one, got out to a 9-0 lead, never trailed. It's their 10th straight win against Dallas. The game to me was over when JaVale McGee picked Luka's pocket, <laughs> went coast to coast and threw down a dunk, put Phoenix up 21 with nine minutes left. I'm like, I should go to bed. Mm. I should go to bed this very moment. Yeah. But then I think the Mavericks scored right away. And yeah. I was like, okay, okay, let's stick around here. They got, Suns got a little content. They seem to be uh, just trying to string out the clock, uh, play to get the win there. And the Mavs started to click. I don't know if that really means anything going into game two or if it's just like, yeah, if we're hitting shots, our small ball lineup could certainly work against the Suns. But a big boy W for Phoenix. Good stuff from the Suns. Yeah, uh, look, it was closer in the end, seven points, but it wasn't really. Again, the Suns were home in this one. And uh, the big question here for me is, do they just keep pounding DeAndre Ayton inside? I think that's such an advantage they got. He did finish, what, 25 in the end. I think he can even get way more than that because he's got that little range, that little Tim Duncan range where you can just like, if, if, if he's not at the rim, he's got a jump shot that he's confident in. And then you get those contributions from the other guys defensively at Bridges. I mean, he's incredible. I think he's just such a, a, a oh. valued, a valued, player for them at both ends of the floor. He only hit one three last night, but you know you can also trust him to knock that down. Doncic, the good and the bad here is that he had 45 points, nearly a triple-double, but they still lost pretty comfortably. Uh, that's, I mean, it's like he's unstoppable, but you need those other guys as well to, to also make sure that they are hitting shots. Kleber hit five threes, but it just felt that early on the Suns got such a big lead. Dallas were, were sort of clawing to get back into this, and they need more than just... Doncic, but his ability to just get his shot off whenever he feels like it is incredible. He got to the free throw line. He did everything. But I just, it's like, wow, if he's getting 45 points in a, not, you know, not a blowout, but a comfortable win by the Suns, Jason Kidd's realizing he's going to have to get contributions from other guys. I think it's on Jalen Brunson. Uh, Luca was phenomenal, and I love the bravado of the Suns coaching staff and their defense just say, all right, Luca, we're going to play you one-on-one. We're going to switch one guy on you, mm-hmm. go off, and we will take away everybody else. And really, when I say everybody else, it's really Jalen Brunson because they start Reggie Bullock and, and Dorian Finney-Smith and Dwight Powell, and those guys aren't going to create for themselves. They'll stand there and hit three, their three-point shots, and Kleber did a good job off the bench, but it's got to be Brunson. And I know this was a, such a different start to a series than round one where Luka was off, and Jalen Brunson, against a weak Jazz defense, was able just to prod and understand where his shots were coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this one, uh, he was he was waiting for Luka to create, and he was, he was there. And 
I don't know if you can take anything from the fourth quarter where they outscored uh, the Suns by 10 points. Really, I think they just kind of were feeling free and easy and able to, uh, to throw up some shots. But if anything, it's Jalen Brunson understanding that the mid-range is open for him. He can he can knock down shots. He is a great shooter from in there. They, he, he's got to be able to score. But there's big problems on both ends. As Trey said, they couldn't get a stop. This uh, Suns team was like 50 and 40, <clears throat> excuse me, 50 from the floor, 40 from three until like, you know, eight minutes left in the fourth when they kind of slowed down a little bit. But they're struggling on both ends, the, the Mavs are. And so that's, uh, that's an issue. Yeah, they have no answer for DeAndre Ayton, who I think could – probably get hit with a bunch of offensive fouls if he wasn't careful uh, if, if he was charging in there and throwing down dunks but he's so confident in his little dinker and dumper game that he doesn't yeah. and so he's he's solid they don't have an answer for that and is they the don't answer have an answer to, for Devin is the Booker. answer maybe to just to counter with starting Kleba and like yeah, just maybe. try and out score him by hitting a bunch of threes I mean he would kept help him with Luca kept them in this game yep in the first half but I mean otherwise I don't know really how you're not going to stop him so is that the way just stretch him out and Hope that Maxi Kleba has another, you know, six or seven threes in him like he did in the first round. Yeah, you can try it. Yeah. Uh, but I just feel, again, on the other end, the Suns will go, okay, great, we'll yeah. take that and just get Aiton as close to the rim as possible. And if the help defense comes, then you're in real trouble if you're the Mavs because then he can just throw the ball out or he can score it himself. And uh, his confidence is just sky high right now. So he only had one free throw last night. Um, so I think if he's down there and they decide maybe we foul him and don't give him easy baskets... Maybe that's an option, but they ju- they don't. They're like uh, Philadelphia here. They just don't have. Dallas doesn't have any real solid option. They just have to try different things, and they got off to a bad start as well. Jay Crowder hit a couple of threes there. Uh, oh uh, yeah, he uh, did. We but, called it. Yeah, but he finished. Only oh, hit three. Yeah, in only the end, three. But um, hot start. Yeah. So, and that was a thing. Like immediately, the Suns came out ready. So. Oh my God! This game was nine zero in yeah. a hurry. Mm-hmm. Very very quick, and then they never relinquished the lead. Like you said, it got in- it got a little interesting late. I think a big part of it was they were trying to take away three pointers, so it was like opening up a ton of lanes for guys like Luca and the Mavs to like attack. So I'm not taking too much from it. Just the way they changed, they're playing the clock. Like Trey said, it was like we got a big lead after the McGee play there with the awesome poke and dunk, uh, and they're going bunkers. Then it was just like ah, oh, we're playing the clock, and that happens and it gets a little funky and it looks a lot closer than it was, but. Definitely from this one, I was like, remember I was going to take Suns in four. I was going to be a bold guy with my prediction, and I walked it back to five. Probably what it ends up honestly being here, but they just look so dominant, the Suns do. And they're just night and day. Like, the Mavs players were going around the pylons that were the Jazz perimeter defenders. Yeah. You can't do that against any of these Suns guys. Like, even Booker is a really solid uh, perimeter defender at this point. He's, like, really bought in. Chris Paul, of course. Bridges, one of the best in the league. Crowder plays hard. Like, all these guys. Mm-hmm. You're not just walking around them. No, sir. Um, then if you do, they obviously have great help defense. Too. And, and both games we watched last night, the effort level from the home team, they, yeah, they punched yeah. first. Yeah. And, yeah, the road team wasn't able to respond. Mm-hmm. So maybe game two is the game well, that's that's yeah. what that's what some of the best say some of the best in the game say game two is the game to <laughs> some steal some of the best in the game yeah. say that wow. I wasn't going to call it say it Steve Kerr always says it I just yeah. didn't want to say his name again He's, he always he mentions that game one uh, he, maybe maybe that home team just lays off a little bit after he's always winning game one Steve Kerr's got some nerve to say this uh, well he knows he's he wins it but then game two is when his team you know <laughs> may comes record? out a little lax what's, <laughs> what's his record in game two <laughs> let's look it up come on Google Pixel figure it out for us but game two yeah if the winning team takes their foot off the pedal mm-hmm. just a touch who knows? I, I just think that yeah, you learn from game one and the Mavs. Yeah, it was yeah such a such a huge difference. 
we saw what happened with the, the Celtics. Such a huge difference going to the Bucks from the Nets. So maybe they learn. And I think, uh, yeah, the scary part is on it's on both ends. But uh, I think Jalen Brunson can get off. He can get off. He mm. the guy can he dropped forty. He was averaging twenty eight in the first series. That's it's up to him to me on the offensive end. Any other notes on the Suns' dominant victory? What do you got, Trey? couple of uh, scary injuries, I would say. Luka Doncic oh, got kicked right in the dick yeah. by Jay Crowder. That was a that was a solid Draymond on Steven Adams-style oh, yeah. kick right there. Yeah, Draymond was laughing on Twitter. Been ejected for less. Yeah. <laughs> oh, then we had uh, old talk- Joe Borgia, Reggie Miller comedy hour for... <laughs> After that one, right? <laughs> yes. We were talking yes, about you're right. Don't do that, Reggie. You're right. <laughs> we used uh, to talk about it before the game. <laughs> <laughs> Always kicking dicks. <laughs> but uh, I like that we can count on Draymond to chime in. He's like the most famous dick kicker at this point, so he'll always have something to say about it. But even more scary, Maxi Kleba went up for a dunk yeah. and just lost grip of the oh, rim, yeah. flipped backwards, landed like right on his shoulders. He was only down for like a second, yeah, and then like, he popped yeah. back up, ready to shoot free throws. Uh, definitely looked worse than it ended up being, but yep. man, that was a that was a nasty looking fall. The Andrew Bogut memories are mm-hmm. just like, yeah, oh, gross, gross, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, he is okay. And uh, the Crowder was uh, issued a flagrant yes. one, correct? Flagrant yep. one, yeah, yep. yep, for the old kick to the Hibberts. kick to the nuts from now on. Flagrant one. I mean, it was pretty. Well, you Chris know, Paul he... got one. Uh, Jose Alvarado. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like applied after the game. Yeah, yeah. that's a good yeah. point. So. That's that's the standard from now on. Yeah, I mean, when you really kick your foot out like that, he did. Was, I know. Yeah, Crowder, Crowder definitely. Got, yeah, so did he got him. Oh, absolutely, yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah. They're trying to create the contact. And yeah, like it's nothing natural about no. it. Like you just don't shoot that way. Uh, so they got it right. You know what's not talked about is that Manu Ginobili lost a testicle mm. because he got a hit in the testicles a long time ago. Was, he had to have surgery. He was taking a charge, though. I think. Yeah, he was it? getting yeah. back down yeah. or something. Ryan yeah. Anderson hit him with yeah. a knee. It wasn't yeah. the same, but. The man had to have surgery to lose, to to remove a testicle. It's just not, maybe it's because it's the Spurs and no one talks about the Spurs, but the man (laughs) lost a testicle and nobody talks about it. We talk about everything on this show and we just never talk about it. You think they should play in cups? Nah. That would be, uh, be tough. Uh, uh, soft cup. There's, like, there's like soft cups, right? Yeah. It's like, uh, Is it really doing anything? I guess. Yeah. Soft cups. Right. <laughs> on that note, uh, you got anything else from this game? No, I, I no, don't enough not talk. All right. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Kick them payoff, you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, we owe a couple. <laughs> One each? <laughs> yeah, that's like we line up. Lee and I will take jumpers. Is that slap fight that people do? You know that one? You could just like kick each other in the nuts until one person All right, we'll wear soft cups, though. Yeah. I've got... I've got two to pay off. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'll do. Not, bo- no, I will do both of your nuts, and yeah, you'll well, pick I, one of mine. Yeah, but if I lose one, I got to change the second pick and pay off. Oh, I see. I but see. if it's still there, then okay. I'll take it okay. for the second one. Uh, one other weird thing in this game: uh, Chris Paul hit his first shot of the game. Yep. And uh, Kevin Harlan on the call. Oh, yeah. That's fifteen shots in a row. You can't do that. Uh, you think people might have been confused? No. Why? Why can't you do that? Then? You can't. You can't. Stretch two games in a row. <laughs> what? In the one same series? One game? Well, first of all, it's That's not, not the same, same series, series, I guess, but yeah. Yeah, same series, maybe. Okay, exactly. Yeah. One streak, one game. You know, regular season to regular season, those wins don't count if they stretch over two. I don't know if I agree with that. I thought you were just going to say, like, if you were just tuning into that game, you didn't see or didn't know that Chris Paul did the 14-14 in the well, game prior in the first quarter, 11-30 left. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> but you would be like, 15-15. Like, what, what the hell is he talking about? That part. But yeah. come on, it's a streak. He's like, look, I used to lie in bed at night as a kid thinking of, like, superpowers. And I thought... Wouldn't it be cool if, like, one of your superpowers is, like, I'll never miss a basketball shot? 
Uh, <laughs> ever think about that but then I'm like dream that's, big man yeah but yeah. then I'm like cause like you'd be in the NBA I'd yeah. be in the NBA if you'd any be, shot I ever you'd took you'd be Hawkeye one. yeah right good make, point he makes a home for Christmas <laughs> damn it <laughs> sorry, stop sorry, spoiling sorry, it <laughs> um, that's what that's what I used to think at night so I'm, I'm all mm. in on this streak is my point good call Harlan dream big <laughs> you never did that I never dreamed about that. not missing because then what would you work on in the uh, Well, that's the, the thing. And then you <laughs> almost have to say like, I will always hit seven out of 10 yeah, shots I take. Yeah. You got to make it somewhat. You'd still be the best ever. What? So you could choose to miss. Is that what you're saying? Like to not Ooh. give it away. In other words. <laughs> well, I hadn't really. Yeah. <laughs> incredibly, I hadn't thought about it yeah. in that detail. Yeah. Uh, no, I would say my power would be every 10 basketball shots I take, mm. no matter the shot. That seven of them go in, but I have I, I don't decide which ones go in out of the seven. <laughs> but if you if you miss the first yeah, three, you know exactly. that you're you're due. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be just throwing the it over your shoulder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, interesting. Yeah, I can't believe you never thought about that. That's insane <laughs> to me. What a teleportation! You'd be in the NBA, no matter the size, no matter your skill, really. But you'd never also ever be out of the league either, would you? Like you'd be playing till you're fifty-five. You don't have to play. <laughs> but if you're, oh, if, you're shoot, if you're shooting seventy percent, you're getting a contract for any time you want. That's a flex. If you can yeah. make seven out of ten shots, you're like, but I'm not playing basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I've achieved all I can. All right, um, I could if I wanted. Let's uh, let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll get into a little. Is this news? Yes, hi guys. Uh, what if you could shoot shoot every shot? You get every <laughs> shot, right? Oh, we're going back to this. Yeah, baby. I just had a thought. Okay, go. But ahead. you can't dribble. If say if you try right. to dribble, it always goes off your ankle. Oh, okay. You're stuck that's in one place. Play. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. Fine. So you just sort of have to plant yourself. Anyways, so I mean, some people are gonna say, oh, even, like if I was in the NBA, even if I could hit those shots, you'll never get a shot off. No, no, no. Come on. You could. Right. And, like, I could throw it over my head and yeah. it would go in. So. Mm, good point. It's like I don't yeah. need to shoot it like a jump shot. I literally just chuck <laughs> it over my head and I could be a hero. be amazing. <laughs> it would be amazing. I just can't believe you guys never lied and thought about that. That's I, I find it very hard to believe, too. Like that's, Especially him. Yeah. I've dreamed about that. <laughs> but it, it's like, no, you dream about just being a better shooter, but you never think, oh, I'm just going to be dropping 70% no matter what. I mean, no one's done that. Yeah, but exactly. exactly. It's a superpower. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, just you like, oh, I wish I could fly. I wish I could teleport. Yeah. Well, I wish I could hit seven out of every 10 shots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. I just, you know, watching the game, I was like, wow. You can shoot 45% to the field. That's pretty good. <laughs> what a superpower. Yeah. I make 45% of my shots. No I mean, because he put a bunch of work in, in the gym. Uh, it's like if you were shooting 45, people go, like, man, that guy's a knockdown shooter. You know, 70%, you're like, something wrong with that guy. What's. Yeah, yeah, he might He's be a, a superpower. <laughs> That's the point. Daddy, I want to be in the NBA and shoot 45% from the floor. That's, That's a good goal, dream. son. That's a good goal. <laughs> Not many people can shoot that well. So. I, can't, I can't even argue with this guy yeah. about my superpowers. I love it. It's yeah, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. 45. 46, yeah. relax, kid. Yeah. Give it away. Then. All right, guys. Uh, Express VPN. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, back here with the boys. Let's play a little Is This News. Yeah, Is This News. Um, I'm going to throw some headlines at you guys. You can tell me whether or not they're newsworthy. Are they news? First one, Lee, from mm. The Athletic, a fine website. Tis. Mark Jackson, Steve Clifford, and Mike Brown, finalists for Sacramento Kings head coaching job. Is this news, Lee? Uh, this is news. They need a uh, head coach. They don't have one. They let Alvin Gentry go. <laughs> yep. So it is news. It'd be weird. It'd be really news if they yeah. were, this was the headline and they had a head coach. Though. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm not super inspired by any of those guys. Why? I think Mike Brown is probably the one I would go for out of the three. I mean, Mark Jackson has a connection there to Vivek Ranadive from his time in the Warriors. Mark mm. Jackson did a reasonable job with the on-court product in Golden State, but he left under a cloud of chaos there. Steve Clifford has been regarded as a defensive coach. He was in Charlotte and Orlando, but he didn't really have any tangible, solid success that you would th- say you know can turn around a team that is in desperate need of a successful season beyond that. There's nothing more than the Kings need than just to get off to a good start and be in the playoff hunt. (laughs) Right. So whoever they do hire, they have to get it right. I mean, they've got so many problems as well with their roster. I mean, what are they doing with Fox? What are they doing with uh, Harrison Barnes? You know, they've got some issues here. And so that coach has to come in and have an immediate impact. Mark Jackson, I think there's a reason why he hasn't had a second coaching job because I just don't think people want him around their franchise uh, because of what happened. He wanted Jerry West out of there. Jerry West, one of the you know league legends, uh, an assistant coach was recording meetings and conversations because there was a lot of distrust going on there. So I'm not sure if Mark Jackson is the sort of guy you want in a, a franchise. It's already a bit chaotic. There's already a little bit of too many people, I think, interfering with what's going on in terms of decision-making. So I'm not sure he's the right coach. Mike Brown, I think, did a reasonable job when he had LeBron James in Cleveland, but he had LeBron James. He's been a consistent assistant coach there for the Golden State Warriors. But again, I'm not sort of, I don't, I'm not sure that's the right role for him there in Sacramento. So it's a tough, a tough choice for whoever they to go with because this team is has been a mess for a lot of years. So mm-hmm. they need someone who can come in and gets the immediate respect of the of the players and the locker room, but also has a good relationship with the front office. And uh, that's the challenge. So I would choose Mike Brown out of those three if that's the only three that are available. I think you can look at this optimistically with the Mark Jackson sort of route here and look at the Jason Kidd scenario and what he's done with Dallas because he also had real big issues with the front office where he was in uh, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. And all of a sudden, things have worked out with Dallas. He's, he has stabilized a franchise, which also was pretty tumultuous. If you remember the athletic report from the beginning yep. of this season, 
people did not expect Jason Kidd to be able to do that. So, you know, if you want to look at it from rose-colored glasses here, because I, I don't know what these guys are going to produce, what type of locker room they're going to produce when they go into this next position. I think Mike Brown could do a good job. He did a good job with Cleveland. He was respected there for a long time. He got a, a season experiment with the Los Angeles Lakers, if you remember that, and then was axed five games into the Kobe, Steve Nash, Pau Gasol, Dwight Howard uh, scenario when they started one and four, which was wild, but that's the Lakers. And Steve Clifford, it's awesome that he is up for a new job because he had health issues and uh, had to step away from the game and moved on, but it is great that he is uh, back and, and able to be coaching again. So I always find these hard. What is a coach going to do with this this new scenario? Right. Maybe great. Maybe not. Uh, it, it, it is a difficult uh, scenario with the Sacramento Kings. That's for sure. It, it feels like they want a defensive-minded sort of guy here. I that's think the is best what part. we're getting at here with these three names, at least. Maybe. These are all defense-first head coaches, yeah. and obviously that's what the Kings need. They've been like a bottom-three defense for a franchise history, is what it feels <laughs> like. This is apparently going to be the seventh head coach in nine seasons for uh, Vivek Ranadive as the governor there for Sacramento. So... I don't know. Um, it feels like it's going to be Mark Jackson, even if yeah. we're not exactly enthused about it. He appears to be uh, Vivek's favorite, and when you're the favorite of the owner, it's pretty good odds in your favor. But I don't know. Man, Tess kind of convinced me a little bit. Jason Kidd has been good with Dallas, so maybe Mark Jackson, no expectations, would be the perfect spot for him to get another chance. Hey, Sarah Gray brings up a good yeah. a good comment here in the stream team. Jason Kidd did join coaching staffs later. True. As he true, went to true. the Lakers, Mark Jackson has gone straight to broadcasting yeah. and hasn't gone back in seven seasons, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. It's been a while. Uh, yeah. Sam Amick, in, within this article in The Athletic, he said this this connection you guys were talking about. Before Ron Adive was the lead owner in the Kings purchase in 2013, he was a minority owner uh, with the Warriors there the first two seasons under Mark Jackson, uh, his tenure with the team. So, like, the idea is that he saw the impact Mark Jackson had on that group that a Warriors team that was floundering back then and he did sort of right the ship and he probably wonders why not this guy why can't he do the same here in Sacramento that's probably how Rana Dive's thinking is going here if Mark Jackson gets this I'll just be interested that that I I don't think he should be the coach probably for this team but it looks like he's going to well I wonder how much Vivek will actually involve himself as well here because I think that's one of the problems here he gets too involved you've hired Monty McNair let him make that decision because uh, that I think is why you've had so many changes of front office personnel and coaches and chaos within the organization because as an owner I think Vivek gets a little bit too involved in these decisions Maybe. you've got to hire the right people to make those decisions alright next one here NBC Sports it's a rumor Rudy Gobert to tell the Jazz to trade him or Donovan Mitchell is this news I'll actually get this started just to give you some more context Sean O'Connell is a serious XM host he is the one that kicked off this rumor because he tweeted Quote, I know I am not usually a Utah Jazz breaking news guy, but a source close to the situation has informed me that Rudy Gobert is at him or me point with Donovan Mitchell and will demand that one of them be traded in the next few days. Rudy Gobert has responded, of course, on Twitter. Shot it down, basically. He tweeted, every day has its own new rumor. Little air quotes with an eye roll emoji. So, Gobert is like, come on, Sean O'Connell, who the heck are you? Uh, What do you know? (laughs) You Jerry's brother. But, uh, so is this news? Not really, uh, because we've been talking about this. It feels like all season, and definitely uh, once they got bounced in the first round, it's like uh, we all seem to agree that the Jazz need to pick a direction and not run it back with both of these guys. So, Gobert, I mean, or this report, I guess, is maybe stating the obvious. It's like, yeah, 
pick one because <laughs> uh, it's not working together. I got some uh, trade ideas for you mm. guys. I'll throw them at you. This is and, and a lot of credit to uh, uh, Andy Bailey there at Bleacher Report. Got a couple about Gobert. Got a couple about Mitchell. Trade proposals. I'll just chuck them at you. We'll do Gobert first. I'll give you three, and you tell me which one you like the most, or like maybe you hate all of them. Um, to the Nets, Rudy Gobert. We'll start with Gobert. Hmm. All right, they need a defensive-minded yeah. dig. All right, let's get them one. Straight up, Ben Simmons and a 22 first-round pick by way of Philadelphia for Rudy Gobert. See you later, Ben Simmons. Not even playing. Yeah. Not even playing on a team. I don't think the Jazz obviously no. would do it, but this, I think the Nets would do it in a second. Yes. You think the Nets would do it in yes, a second? Yes, I do. Okay. Do, yes. you, do you agree with that? Uh, I just love the idea of Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell finally <laughs> oh, getting yeah. together yeah, the to settle who is the yeah. rookie of the year yeah, uh, okay. from a few seasons ago. Uh, I, that's weird. I can't imagine uh, Katie and Kyrie being enthused to play with Rudy Gobert. No. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, he's awesome. Rudy yeah. Gobert is literally very good. He'd be good. really good on that he team. Would, he yeah. would be a great fit, but they had... Uh, Jared Allen, Rudy Gobert Jr., and they said, get out of here. We want DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Give us the big roller. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe they've uh, they've realized the errors in their ways. Obviously, Gobert would be great uh, right. alongside those two, but uh doesn't necessarily feel like the kind of player they like playing alongside. Okay. And from the jazz side of things. They say no. Yeah, okay, okay. okay well, let me all-world talent for a guy who hasn't played in a long time and a 22 pick, no thank you. Okay. Uh, Warriors. Been some rumors going around. Gobert tied to the Warriors. I guess the Warriors always come up in these. But anyway, how about a package of starting all-star Andrew Wiggins? Jonathan Kaminga. There's a young talent. A 22 first-round pick and a 25 first-round pick swap. Again, for Gobert. An idea of Wiggins, Kaminga, and then a pick and a swap. Yeah, I think they would think about that. They would? Yeah. But both sides. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, definitely from the jazz perspective right. I'm a little hotter on it from the jazz perspective okay. the idea of Kaminga probably yeah. and then the picks and stuff like yes. that alright alright I mean that's that is sort of a going rate for a, a star in this league as yeah. we've seen the last couple couple seasons and you can get to the reasoning for behind this trade proposal like from a warrior side of things even like this yeah. idea of like it's it's championship or bust mentality when you've got you know your curries and your clays and your Draymonds, yeah. but uh, I think they would uh, give him more sort of opportunities to roll to the rim, certainly in uh, Golden State. But then you're starting Draymond and Rudy <laughs> defensively. That's great. Not a lot of shooting. No, on but those then, guys. But then make up for it. With Clay, them, Jordan, yep. and, and and Steph Curry. So not bad. I, I just think the Jazz would say you're not dumping Wiggins on us. We know he's an All Star <laughs> starter, but uh, he's also that was his high water mark. I think for the season. Mm, okay. Uh, what about the Dallas Mavericks? They might need a big. Yeah, they absolutely need a big. Uh, Dwight Powell, Tim Hardaway Jr., your Aussie, Josh Green, a 25 first-round pick. This is into the future here. A 26 first-round pick. Uh, swap for Gobert. All right. Powell, THJ, Josh Green, 25 first-round pick. Uh, I would say lightly protected. And then a swap the next year. It's a real rebuilding move for the Utah Jazz. Mm. Yeah, that's it's not that's very not, much of a win now. Yeah, it's not a lot of... A lot of fun pieces coming back, really. Is it? Nah, it's you got to real. be really high on Josh Creed in this case. Mm. Which uh, and what Tim Hardaway's thirty-one, I think, yeah. isn't he? Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. But but Gobert uh, yeah. Dallas, uh, you're like, hey, yeah, they just I guess don't have a lot to make it happen. I don't yeah, think. exactly. I think I think it's the Jazz saying no in this case because you're hoping that in three years somehow Luka Doncic is worse, <laughs> right? Because like that, that's yeah. the only way the Mavericks pick would be good. Though I guess uh, 
Well, I don't know. They wouldn't. Their pick, the Jazz pick, wouldn't even be that good because they're still going to be trying to win, obviously. So I don't know. Maybe there would be hesitation from the Mavs as well. The way they just destroyed Gobert in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah. why are they like? Yeah, let's yeah. Uh, let's turn into this team. Okay. The team that we just completely lit up. Okay. Well, let's flip it over to Mitchell then. Mm. Again, this is from uh, Andy Bailey there at Bleacher Report. He's got two. There's some decent names coming back. I guess Donovan Mitchell is a really talented player, so it makes a little more sense. The Miami Heat get in on the Mitchell potential sweepstakes here. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Omer Yurtseven, a 22 first-round pick, and then a 23 first-round pick swap for Donovan Mitchell. Hero, Duncan, Yurtseven, and then some pick stuff. Uh, It's really Hero and the picks, really. Um, It's almost like they're going to have too much then with Donovan there. Too much? Uh, Wow. I mean... (laughs) Wait, who? The Heat. The Heat. Too good. You're saying Pat Riley would say we're not doing this trade because we're getting too much Lowry, Lowry, uh, you know, Jimmy... Bam! They want to get touches, and then Don. Donovan Mitchell's twenty five years old. Oh, I know, I know. He's he feels great like talent. Thirty three at times. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, Heat, the Heat would do it. I think Heat would do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure the Jazz would. Thoughts? Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think they would say, "Well, we can turn Donovan Mitchell into a, a playoff performer, and yeah. and he could help out defensively a little bit." That's that's a winning culture. I don't know how well he'd fit if he's ready to fire every single possession with that. Heat culture again. Is is he going to make everybody happy around him, ready to fire? You know what I mean? be very ironic, too. We keep saying Mitchell's the Wade, that if uh, Wade is with <laughs> mm. the organization in the Jazz, but Mitchell goes to Miami and then could potentially become Wade 2.0. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, thoughts on this one? Don't love it. Uh, I don't love it. Yeah. I think uh, I think the Jazz also become a worse version of the Jazz. <laughs> you know, it's Hero and Gobert now are right. the guys, and Hero is... Not any better than Donovan Mitchell is no. defensively, and Mitchell, I think, is still ahead uh, of Hero as an offensive player as well. Okay, well, here's a very interesting one. Final one. The Knicks, Donovan Mitchell. That one's been, oh, you know, look. Yeah. Maybe they're looking for the marquee yeah. guy, right? Is this too much? RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, Fournier, and a 24 first round pick for Donovan Mitchell. Uh. Barrett and quickly and a who did you say? Fournier, oh, Fournier. I mean, it's matter. Barrett yeah. and quickly uh, I mean, yeah. and a future pick for Donovan Mitchell. I think uh, I this, think there could be something there. Right. I think so. Right. I, I mean, yeah, Barrett. I think is going to be good. I mean, Mitchell would love to be there, but then they losing Barrett as their second best player. That's not bad. There's something there. I, see, I'm doing this one instantaneously, probably if I'm the Jazz. I think that's a pretty. I mean, it really depends what you think. I guess of R.J. Barrett and mm. his ceiling. Uh, and, and even quickly to some extent and how great he can become but uh, it's the Mitchell piece like are, are the Knicks are they more convinced or they want a guy like Donovan Mitchell a 25 to 30 point per game score right now and like hey we can't wait for Barrett to become maybe become that and stuff like that but I would do it if I, if this was a real trade I think Utah would really seriously consider this yeah it's all dependent on R.J. Barrett's ceiling I think Rudy would stay pissed because I think there would be a lot of defensive positions that he is guarding everyone and their mom. He is really just would be guarding all five guys. Uh, I think at times, I think he would, he wouldn't be entirely happy with that, but, but it is about RJ Barrett and him making some sort of connection there. So it's, it's, it's about getting a star. Right. And 
you know, maybe a juicy draft pick. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on, yeah, RJ, quickly, Fournier, and a future first-round pick. Best trade yet, I would say. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's uh, actually pretty reasonable. Like, RJ Barrett had a nice season, 20 points per game, but he only shot 41%. Uh, that's kind of like a Donovan Mitchell Jr. sort of numbers. So, I think, uh, I think the Knicks aren't giving up a ton there. Like, Barrett has some promise, no doubt about it. Quickly... A down season after a solid rookie year, but, uh, you know, that's at least a decent set of perimeter players there. Maybe you're getting a pick, but uh, you're not giving up a ton if you're the Knicks and you're bringing back Donovan Mitchell, a guy who has probably more allure to other players around the league than Barrett and Quickly do. And obviously he wants to be in New York is what it really feels like being a local guy Mm. in the first place. So... I don't mind it. Yeah. I don't mind that one. My gut says some Knicks fans are going, do that in a heartbeat. We get Donovan Mitchell. And then other Knicks fans are saying, are you so stupid? You're giving away the one guy that we got as a high draft pick in RJ Barrett that, you know, is already like basically a 20 point per game score. And in theory should only get better. Like you're already giving up on that. Mm. I could, I just see it. I could see both Knicks fans saying the exact same, uh, both sides of it at least. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe you start with Randall and you throw Randall and see if they <laughs> bite on that. Yeah, good luck. Sure. Good luck. I, I think just going back to the <laughs> original story. Well, I'm just saying, like <laughs> know, you say, funny. he's a 20 and 10 guy. I mean, yeah, you know, I know. he's youngish still. I mean, he's only probably, what, 26? I'm just saying, if the Jazz bite on that, then you'll like, keep Barrett. But if they say, no, we want Barrett, then you say, all right, we'll okay. give you Barrett. Yeah, just going back to the original story, it was Rudy Gobert going to the front office and saying, hey, me or him? He's going to. Yeah, he's getting close to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what adds a little validity to it is Joe Ingles came on Twitter and just tweeted, popcorn, the eyes emoji, and the can't look emoji. Mm. And this is a guy who I don't think would just speak up out of nowhere. He's, he was a rock-solid member of the Utah Jazz for a long time, and I guess he just sees it coming to a head like everybody else. Now, from the other perspective, you could just say, Rudy Gobert's probably talking to everyone in the organization and saying, we suck, we got to figure things out, Donovan's not great on defense. If they're having a an actual conversation about the state of the Jazz, that's what it is. And so I, I, I don't know how far along this is, but it sure seems like everybody, as, as we sit here and talk about it, uh, is understanding that it's going to get to that person, get to that spot, and I think Joe Ingles tweeting that. Yeah. I don't think he would just. I don't think he's just subtweeting, and I, and I don't like talking about subtweets because who the heck knows what it means. But I believe in a Joe Ingles subtweet. <laughs> is what I'm saying. What does it mean when you tweet eyeballs, but also eyes closed? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he doesn't want to. I'm watching, but I'm not watching. Right? <laughs> yeah. There is, that new, there is that new emoji yeah. I've seen a lot of lately. Yeah. Like, that's what that one was. One eye closed, one eye open. Oh, can't look emoji. Can't look, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, okay. what, that's what I called nice. it. Okay. Uh, final one. <laughs> Let's hear from you guys, by the way. With any of those Gobert and Mitchell uh, trade ideas, maybe you've got some other ones too. That'd be a great topic for Beach Up and later in the week. Send in some uh, trade packages that we could uh, shoot down. Or maybe like. Uh, final one, though. Larry Brown Sports. Larry Brown Sports is still going. I was very Good happy for, to see that website. It was still going. That's an OG sports site, man. Uh, Russell Westbrook gets jokes for his outfit <laughs> at the Met Gala. Is this news? And we will show you here on YouTube the look that Russ was rocking last night at the Met Gala tray. Um, <laughs> this guy got joked up. Is this news that he got joked up? <laughs> I don't think this is news that he got joked up. But if the Lakers sucking so bad means Russell Westbrook gets to show up to the Met Gala in a kilt and a top hat, mm. worth it! Yeah, I agree. I think he's pulling this off, actually. Everything fits pretty well. 
men could wear more kilts in general, and you guys know I love a tall hat, so yeah. of course I'm in on this. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I think in, you wear a top hat, and you're a celebrity of note, you're just going to get a million jokes of like, ah, oh, Monopoly guy, ah, oh, the, the uh, Mr. Mr. Peanut. <laughs> uh, like, it's just like... You, I'm with you, Trey. Yeah. And this is the Met Gala, by the way, which is the whole point of this stupid thing is to show up in like outlandish outfits. So it's like he's fitting right in. And uh, I think the <laughs> theme was like uh, gilded fashion, yeah. the gilded age. Yeah, so you're right. Top hats certainly in <laughs> vogue back then. Uh, but Lee, what, yeah, what, what's your take on what, this? What do they uh, celebrate at the, the Met Gala? I have no idea, JD. Do you know? <laughs> Nora was like, Nora was, I think, saying yeah. to me this morning uh, that it's like it's not for charity. No, it's or she said something like it's for charity, but the charity being themselves, so they can do more events like this. <laughs> oh, right. I have no idea if that's true. Don't don't quote my wife on that. Uh, but I don't think it's. Because I, like I know it happens every year, and I yeah. know it's a crossover of yeah. athletes and celebrities. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, there's no awards, there's no show, there's no ceremony that I see anyway. Yeah, and I'm like, so what are they doing? And Trey, what you, you got the Wikipedia page open. What are you? Are we getting to the bottom of it? The Met Costume Institute Gala is a highly renowned fundraising benefit that serves as an opening celebration for the Institute's annual fashion exhibit. <laughs> Oh, Following so, the event, the exhibition runs for several months. So basically, yeah, they fundraise right. for this, and then yeah. they pay for people to care about fashion for the next continuing months. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nice. What did you think of uh, cool, cool, cool. Russ's look? I uh, loved it. I liked it. Would you rock that? I could see you pull yeah. that off. Hey, thanks. Yeah. I like how he didn't go crazy with the shoes. They were just understated <laughs> shoes. School shoes, almost. Like, we used to wear those at school. Really? Pretty much, yeah. Not the kilt, but the, definitely the shoes. Are those socks? Or are they? I think so. Yeah, those are Tom Brown socks, it looks like. Tom, Tom Brown. Tom is that, Brown. Is that a brand name? Mm-hmm. JD, yeah. what do you think of... Uh, well, what do you think of Russ's look, wearing top hats on the Met Gala? Uh, I am 100% in on Russ's look. Yep. I love the Gilded Age. I mean, it's a great show. <laughs> One of the best ages. <laughs> it's, well... <laughs> for some, for some, for some, yeah. some yep. sure. For the robber barons, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got a very Rockefeller look here. Uh, what's the guy's name on the G Gilded Age? George Russell. Her? George Russell. Yeah. What? I love He's that. He's an F1 driver. I love that <laughs> character. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I am a hundred percent in on top hats. Obviously, I love a top hat. Uh, I'm a hundred percent out on Met Gala. Get out of here, Met Gala. I don't know who <laughs> yeah. needs it? But uh, we get to see Russ in a top hat. So I guess. I guess I'm fine. He should that, have gone actually. with a pocket watch as well or a monocle oh. or something like that mm. to really finish off the look. Yeah. I guess the other jokes that uh, you know get thrown your way when you wear a top hat, a lot of like Willy Wonka. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jokes. Sure. You're getting wonked. Yep. You're getting wonked hard. <laughs> oh, you're getting wonked. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hear from people out there. You like uh, Russ's look? Thoughts on the Met Gala? I thought Jeremy Strong looked cool. I didn't see it. From uh, Succession, Kendall Roy. Yep. He had a nice. Uh, I would almost say, like, if Steven Tyler and a Girl Scout attended a Gilded Age Met Gala, that's kind of what Jeremy Strong's wow. outfit looked like. He had a lot of pins on his, uh, like, on his waistcoat. He had a long, flowing sort of scarf going on. This guy can dress. Okay. I think the only other photo I saw going around was, uh, was Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I saw Blake They're Lively. together, right? Mm -hmm. I can never know what Ryan it is. Is that the right, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, it's the right, Ryan. I think that's you're right. right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. 100%. Anyway, her dress was like, it did like, I don't know how to describe it, but it like <laughs> unfolded to look like a completely other different dress. You didn't see that. <laughs> <it. laughs> 
I saw Alicia Keys. That was the only other. I did see that too. I yeah. like. Thought- yeah, she looked great, but she always does. So okay, you know. I'm just looking at Riz Ahmed, who went very understated as an homage to the immigrant workers who kept the Gilded Age going. Oh, Respect, Riz. There you go, making a statement. Good All for right. you, Riz. All right, let's hear from everybody about Russ's outfit. Thumbs up or thumbs down? It could have been the up down report. Should have, oh, man, it, I really dropped the ball. Should have been. <laughs> That's not is this news? That's an up down report. Sorry. Yeah, but they were, we back. only had one. So yeah, what know. are you gonna do, right? It, it's fine. Nah, it's fine. What about fashion or not? Nah? Oh, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, now you're really making what me feel this bad. I think we've still that. got those, uh, yeah, those right paddles, here. haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> fashion or not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, JD's got oh, it. For the archives. Okay. Wow. That's nah. That's nah. And then the other one's just like, I don't see Check my golden check. It's actually a gilded. Oh, Jesus. Is it good now? This is not gilded. What am I getting at? Here we go. Nice. Oh, God. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Okay. Don't well, worry. We'll do another. We, we could do a whole f- Met Gala fashion or not. Oh, spinoff show. Let's do it. <laughs> Looking good. good yeah. All right. Let's uh, take our final break. When we come back, Lily's got tweets, mm. plural, of the night. Don't go anywhere. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers. I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mac Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air-knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak Polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. 
or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's start wrapping up this show, but Lily's got Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yes, I've got a couple of tweets and they have nothing to do with each other, so we'll address the first one and then the second one. And the first one comes in from uh, the great Jasmine L. Watkins, who last night just made this brilliant observation here. Kyle Lowry on the sidelines there somehow looks like a golfer and a defensive coordinator at the same time. I have to say, that's exactly yeah. what I thought. I don't even, I, I mean, I don't know what a defensive coordinator is, but the hat and him pointing like that <laughs> yeah. is exactly what you see in an NFL totally. game. Uh, but then the golfer, yes, absolutely, looks like he's uh, either just come from a round of golf or he's gone for a round of golf after the game. Yep. Uh, nice and warm down there in Miami, so maybe afterwards. But just sometimes someone gets a photo like that, and I think Jasmine just nailed it perfectly. Kyle Lowry is going to be a coach, right? When his career is done, he seems you to really, so. really enjoy it. <laughs> he looks he looks like a coach yeah. here. Uh, I saw this picture. I saw this tweet from Jasmine, and I immediately sent it to our buddy Larry, and I said, Peepaw hats. Oh. Kyle Lowry likes a people yeah, look how tall is. that yeah. thing is there <laughs> yep. yeah great on the golf course mm-hmm. he does love golfing as well yep coaching mm-hmm. is a good occupation for golfing i think yeah you, know, you, you get out there across north america and you hit lots of nice courses <laughs> i just think the only way he won't be a coach is like if he's like i want to spend more time with my sons like as they grow up and stuff like that after he's done playing mm-hmm. he probably still has a couple years in him as it is like i mean hell haslam's still on the team <laughs> still <laughs> a player it could yeah. be lowry in seven years but yeah Okay, and the second one uh, hasn't really got anything to do with anything other than a wild throwback uh, we got from uh, this person. Oh, boy. Curmudgeon. Wow. Okay. Who just added no dunks and said, I forgot which one of y'all's vanity license plates I'm now squatting on as a Twitter handle. And it's a hashtag no dunks deep cut. Now, that's true. Now, I think it's JD. I believe it was JD who was said... Uh, you were going to get the license plates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> not, not realizing that it was Gumdrag. <laughs> C-M-D-R-G-N. Right. <laughs> so whoever this is, I mean, that's going deep. I mean, how many years ago was... was, was uh, that was a while back. Yeah. yeah. So, right, and the idea was like, yeah, you were a curmudgeon, <laughs> talked about getting that as your license plate, but when you got it down to the vanity sort of plate, yeah. it was coming out as cum dragon. I just took out all the vowels, yeah. and yeah. then uh, I don't know who pointed it out, but uh, they're like, oh, cum dragon, great. And it was like, works both ways, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess the license plate is still available, the Twitter handle not so much. Maybe Instagram, you could still get it, though, if you want it to be... Uh, you know, yeah, it's too bad. There's a platforms. nice uh, Roman ad to be written there. With yeah. Right. <laughs> Don't be a curmudgeon. Be, uh, <laughs> be Roman ready. Yeah. Uh, just did a little research here. Wish I hadn't. <laughs> oh, why would you put that in your browser? No, no, no. no, no. I, I went to uh, the curmudgeon's page here. Joined May 2022. It's oh. only May 3rd. Oh. One tweet. This wow. tweet. Wow. Following one account, no dunks. Is this Matt Austin? 
No. Some Matt Austin Twitter account here? No way. You think he's sitting at home last night just thinking like, oh. <laughs> uh, You put it that way. Reveal yourself, come dragon. <laughs> <laughs> We're Roman ready to see you. Maybe he was just hatched. Maybe, just maybe hatched. he was an egg for the last five years. Uh, well, but he joined just, just yesterday. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Something's up here. Something's up oh. with this curmudgeon. Wow. Jason, Jason the dragon. <laughs> All right, tonight's games. Oh, we got two on, and uh, they are uh, maybe must-win games for the home teams. Hmm. Is that is that fair to say? They're they're obviously trailing here in the series. We got Bucks, Celtics. That's in Boston. Seven o'clock start on TNT, followed by the Warriors, who have the one uh, series lead in Memphis. Uh, the Bucks gave up a 2-0 series lead once upon a time. Ah, uh, but they were... That's uh, a different team, yeah. different squad. Also, they would be going in and taking two on the road. Yeah, yeah definitely. This is quite a difference maker. I, I think they are. For for either oh, the yeah. Celtics or the Grizzlies to yes. ultimately win their series, which is, of course, in play. I, I wouldn't say, want to be falling down 2-0 with yeah. both at home. Yeah. I, I would say definitely the Grizzlies and uh, most likely the Celtics. I think the yeah. Celtics can still keep themselves in it. But, uh, man, Giannis was so good in game one. Can't wait to see what he does. Tonight. Well, he was so good, and yet he was like well, not even yes, close yes, to the that's, level. Well, that that's play. that's right. That's he, the scary part. He was. Good I think it was his thing. third worst shooting playoff game of his career. Mm, interesting. In the game one victory. Oh well, in terms of percentage, probably was. I mean, the guys usually shooting over fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Um, He's better than forty-five percent from the field. <laughs> he is. He is. Um, I bet he'd like to be forty-five percent in game two. <laughs> I bet he'd like to be seventy percent. I bet he went to bed last night dreaming of being a seventy percent shooter just for one night in game two of the second round of the NBA playoffs. Uh, yeah, but anything else to watch in in either of these games tonight? Well, I think the Celtics don't try and get all the way to the rim tonight. I think they pull mm. up from the mid-range. Jalen Brown especially. Hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he's back to looking like himself and not just losing the ball all over the place and being confident again because yep. he started to lose that confidence as the game went on. But the Celtics know where their shots are coming. Lots of threes and lots of mid-range when, when they get run off. So that's that's the the spot where you can pull up. Pull right. up and Don't and go all don't... the way into Giannis and Brooke and even Bobby in there at times and stuff. Yeah. Three, three big, big, big men. Don't do it. Okay. What do you uh, got sort of circled here tonight trading these either of these games? Yeah, I want to see if the Celtics are hitting pull-ups and if they can do anything against Giannis again. And, you know, at least they made it tough on him scoring-wise and Horford held up. So we'll see if anything changes defensively for either of those two teams. As for the Grizzlies, definitely more of a must-win for them. And I yeah. think they got to figure out a way to get Desmond Bain more three-point attempts than John Morant takes because... Uh, the Warriors are just going to be happy with Ja taking 10-plus 10 three, 10 three-point attempts. I think he had 11 mm-hmm. in game one. Shot four for 11, like a decent percentage, but uh, it feels a little fool's goldy when it's Ja, whereas yeah. when it's Desmond Bain, those are really good shots for the Grizzlies. And him being taken out of the game uh, in game one really hurt their offense. So uh, they got to figure out a way to get him on track if they have a chance tonight. And uh, it would help if Dylan Brooks had a good game tonight. Yes, too. yes, maybe, yes. Maybe the old uh, 20, got to, shoot. 20 to 25 points from Dylan yeah. Brooks. So it would be a nice bounce back for the Grizzlies, too. Uh, with the Bucks Celtics, too, I just wanted to add, Marcus Smart, I believe, is questionable. 
at least he was the last I saw. I don't know if that's been updated. Um, my gut says this guy's like, oh, mm. this guy toughs it out. So I, I assume he'll play and trying to give it a go. But if he's the quad and the stinger and all that, uh, you hope it uh, doesn't take him out again. That's the last I saw on that, that he was questionable, or at least he was reported to be questionable. And I'm sure people out there saw that Draymond Green's flagrant two was not... Yes, and the NBA is not going to. They're not, it. they're not reducing it to flagrant one, and that obviously plays a big role in the Warriors' future here. It's odd to me that yeah, multiple flagrant points can get a guy suspended the way that is. But anyways... Beyond that, Draymond Green, I think, will have a big game, too. Mm, I think he'll be that. ready. Yeah, he'll be a drag on mm, Green. Yeah, whatever. Uh, anyways. That's <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's reasonable. <laughs> was it a 45% from the floor? Yeah, I think. Is that the, the, fir- is that the first color you think of when you think of a dragon? Yeah. Green? Yeah. I think so. I do. Maybe, yeah, a, maybe a gray. <laughs> like a gray or a green. Oh, my secondary was going to be red. Yeah, me too. On account yeah. of fire, uh, yeah, just, just general guess. dragony tones. Yeah, you know, maybe not the dragon itself. You first color you think of when I say "come dragon" <laughs> should be white. Well, white. I mean, <laughs> that's different. Yeah, uh, green. I suppose. Oh, check that out. Uh, okay, email in your NBA questions to no dunks at theathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at no dunks Inc. Get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Get your no dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Fun show here today. Thank you so much for joining us in the stream team. We'll be back tomorrow live at 10 a.m. Eastern here from the Classic Factory. So make sure you like the video and subscribe. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Let's report the final results from the poll that Trey put up here on YouTube. The best basketball superpower. Make every shot. 67% in a route. Over yeah. makes makes seven of, every, seven of every ten shots and guaranteed forty five percent from the floor. A route sixty seven yeah. nineteen then twelve for forty five percent from the floor. I now have to go do a video of me hitting seven out of ten just shots seven out of 10. Like, and then stand I get a cape on and put a mask on superhero skates. All right, dream big, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Brace the day. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.